You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Friday Locked On College Football Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn of Locked On Horns. I also have Big Ten, Ben, as we like to call him, Ben Stevens from the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. And join, as always, each week in our first segment, we got our man Colin Wilson, the Action Network. Uh, Colin, thanks for hopping back on and uh, have to give you a congratulatory uh, thanks for the, the lock of the week taking the under in the Notre Dame and Duke football game last Saturday. It was a grind. Colin, I got to interrupt. Oh, go ahead. Colin, I got to <laughs> interrupt before you get going here. Patrick, the Big Ten just announced we are playing a season on Wednesday, and that's the hype and excitement you bring for Big Ten Ben getting this hey, thing hold going. Hold on, hold or on. The excitement. Hold on, hold on. When, what, when are y'all playing? What is happening here? When are y'all playing? Y'all don't play for El- October, the weekend of October 24th, a day that will go down in American history. <laughs> and on top of that, the excitement needed for Colin Wilson starting out 1-0 and is locked on lock. This is Friday. We're on near the weekend. Excitement. I am excited about football. You're doing a great job. Well, until, You're doing a great job. Until great you job. see the slate of games this Saturday, and as Colin's going to probably bring up. I, I love to hear your guys' enthusiasm because, I, as anybody knows about me, I'm an Arkansas graduate, so we may not be playing football the entire fall, especially considering we're starting off with Georgia, but we'll get to that next week. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about this, this slate of games. Um, we're going to start in a conference that I'm very familiar with, I want to ask you about Baylor-Houston mm. uh, kicking it off. A game that I told uh, this time last week we didn't even know was going to happen. Uh, yeah. Where do you sit looking at that game? I mean, how do you even gauge it? Well, let's pretend like that these teams had had this game scheduled all summer, that they had been able to prepare for each other. We'd be looking at a Houston team that returns everything on the offensive and defensive side of the ball another year into the Holgerson system, and we'd be looking at a Baylor team that returns 30% of a defense that's going to have a scheme change and an offense that's under Larry Fedora. It's going to, you know, Brewer's going to have to get used to throwing under him. So a lot of changes on the Baylor side, consider they didn't have any spring practices. They've had COVID issues. Uh, when they released their depth chart for Louisiana Tech last week before it was canceled, they were missing four defensive players, uh, starters, I believe, on it. And there's kind of a thing like, what's going on here? And then Louisiana Tech's the one that actually canceled the game because of COVID. Uh, so that kind of got swept under the rug. So, you know, the, I can tell that the money is coming in on Houston because it was at four and a half in a few places. It's down to four. I know the sentiment that I have that Houston is more prepared to come out of the gate because they know the system and they have all these returning players as to where Baylor is going through a complete, you know, what here's everything. Uh, so I think you can get away with that in week one back in Houston. It's a stay away game for me because they just scheduled this game. Uh, you know, if I have investment opportunities, it's not going to be on something. I mean, I, are these coaches going to treat it like an exhibition? These coaches going to treat it as a glorified scrimmage. So it's just too too many variables for me to get my money involved. Yeah, we didn't even know this game was going to happen until about six days ago. So a lot coming into this game, the in-state battle between Houston and Baylor. My look goes to an ACC game. We have six of our top 25 playing this weekend on weekend number three of the college football season and a top 25 matchup between Miami and Louisville. 
Colin, what do you see in that game between the Canes and the Cards? This is my favorite game of the week, and I have yet to place a penny on it. I've been waiting on Miami. I've had all my alerts set up over at, at Sports Insights and Action Network. Uh, we, you, know, you can set line notifications so that you can get a text or an email anytime you want in the middle of the night if a line happens to move a certain way. I've wanted Miami plus three this entire week, and I think, you know, really look at what we have here. We have two dynamic, dual-threat, explosive quarterbacks that will make you miss in space. Uh, you know, special teams, special teams are more locked down on Miami than Louisville. So what we need to focus on is which front seven can tackle in space. And if we look at what I know it was a different defense and a couple different names, but Cunningham was completely shut down by Manny Diaz's defense last year. So they're familiar, at least some faces are familiar with him as a quarterback. He had negative 10 yards rushing, although I think he had a long of 17 yards thrown in there, but he didn't have any kind of dig on the ground whatsoever. I'm going to ride with De'Aaron King here. I get a more explosive quarterback. He was fantastic in standard downs, especially in busted plays. If you're going to make this a busted play game with dual threat quarterbacks, I'm going to take De'Aaron King, plus I get better special teams. We'll talk about another top 25 matchup, staying within the, the ACC. Uh, so last week, Georgia Tech, in, uh, in my lock of the week, I picked Georgia Tech uh, straight up over Florida State. How are you looking at that game against a 14-ranked UCF in, uh, in this upcoming weekend? Yeah, anybody that listens to the Action Network podcast knows that we are pro. As, as a temple, we love this guy. We knew that the rebuild they were undergoing. We didn't know Jeff Sims, the quarterback, was going to come out of nowhere and uh, you know start having explosive plays for a Georgia Tech offense. That's something that we've never seen before. I think the crazy thing – that people don't realize is that Georgia Tech's pace of play last week was 24 seconds per play. That was out of like the 40 teams that have played so far, that's top 10. Uh, they're one second off of pace from Miami, and we know how fast they're trying to go. So all you need is a little bit more success rate out of Jeff Sims, a quarterback for Georgia Tech, a little bit better at finishing drives, and that's converting points past the 40-yard line. They were terrible at that last week. You get any of that, and Georgia Tech's got all of a sudden – very sneaky over team every single week. You look at Central Florida, they had 10 guys off on this big third down play, red zone type quarterback. Uh, they still have a lot of weapons. They still have, you know, tons of returning production coming back. Uh, I don't like backing these teams when they're playing their first game against a team that's already had some experience here. But I can tell you, I'm looking at like 60% of the tickets and 90% of the money's on Georgia Tech because they just beat Florida State and they look fantastic. And that line is not budging off seven and a half at all, which tells me, you know, my power rating of, of Central Florida being seven is legit. They're, they should they should win and cover this game. Uh, but for me, it's a lower volume size bet just because Central Florida hasn't played. They dealt with COVID. They've had opt-outs. So give me the Knights, but it's going to be a low a low wager play. And as Patrick mentioned, you are 1-0 in your locked-on locks of the week. Last week, picking the under between Notre Dame and Duke. This week, though, the Fighting Irish get a non-conference opponent in South Florida. We went from Central Florida to South Florida. Do you think the Fighting Irish improve this week? Do you like anything in Ian Book's game that feels confident in Notre Dame to win and cover this week? I do. I, I do like them this week. I, the cover, I'm not sure about. The over is what I like more. The over, it's trickled all the way down to 48. Uh, you know, the South Florida's new head coach was co-offensive coordinator at Clemson all these years, so I think he's going to be able to generate – some type of offense better than what we saw last week out of Duke. 
Uh, it is South Florida's first game, so I do favor Notre Dame in this game. And it's all a matter of if Ian Book can find an explosive receiver, an explosive target that he can, you know, he hit seven different receivers in the game last week. Uh, and we don't know how comfortable or how familiar he is. So I expect Notre Dame to still be under Tommy Rees, heavy rush. They were about 60% rush last week. I expect them to continue that until Ian Book finds his groove. So you watch the total and bet it live on the over. But I, I think South Florida can put points up on the board. Uh, I think Notre Dame is, you know, Ian Book will find his groove at some point. But I think you got to stick with, you know, the number is right. It, sh- it is where it should be about 25 and a half at a dead number. Uh, there's probably going to be steam on Saturday morning to a 27. So if you want to get on the Irish, you probably should do it now. But at some point, Ian Book is going to break loose. And you want to be there for the over the total and for the Notre Dame spread when that happens. Is there a group of five game that you're kind of got eyes on this weekend? Yeah, I I was really big into Navy. I thought when they got blown out by BYU, I thought, you know what? They're they're so well coached and they're an academy team. The next time they play a game, they're going to win that game. I don't care if they're an underdog, I'm going to take it. And I start reading more and more into what Navy's doing, and they just went to their first full pad contact practice like six days ago. And I'm, I'm sorry, as a guy that's played football or played any sport, I don't care what, if it's ping pong or golf or football, you just can't six days later, like, regain your physicality. It just doesn't happen. And so if you look at Navy, if they're trying to dominate the trench and they're trying to get the triple option going with a bunch of new faces, Tulane is not the team you want to do that against. Tulane had 12 tackles for loss against South Alabama. They were all over the Lovertich quarterback for, for South Bama. Uh, they dominated the trash. Mm-hmm. They dominated every half. The reason Tulane was able to go 21-10 to 10 in the second half and come back and win that game is because the defensive line took over that entire game. I expect Tulane, who faced the triple option twice last year in Army and Navy, to be able to, you know, oh, by the way, Read a little bit more. Willie Fritz spent the last two weeks of August preparing for the triple option from Navy. So he's put in all the time with this defensive line. I don't even think he prepared for South Bama, which may be why they fell behind. But I love Tulane here. I know seven, seven and a halves are out there. If you shop around, there's some six and a halves. That's what I put my money into. Uh, I, I just I don't believe in Navy's physicality coming back. They can't stop, you know, defenders from getting and shooting the gaps. Uh, and, and Tulane is a great defensive line. So that, that's where I'm going with a, a rare favorite for, for Colin. In football, we have pads on pads. In ping pong, we have paddle on paddle. However you do it, you need to put in the time during practice. And like you mentioned, Colin, Tulane has a great front seven, and they also have a playmaker at quarterback in Keon Howard. I like the green wave as well. So you are one to know in your Locked On Locks of the Week on the newly revamped Locked On College Football Show. Give us the Locked On Lock as Colin Wilson sees it for week number three of the college football season. This is tough. I, I've kind of been battling this around. We've had, uh, you know, I kind of want to go with Oklahoma State because Tulsa's dealt with too much COVID. They haven't had any padded practices either. Uh, but we don't know if Oklahoma State's going to come out and be fiery off the blocks. So I'm going to stick with Miami. Miami's, I, I mentioned it before on the podcast. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to ride De'Aaron King, and I'm going to ride Rhett Lashley in this tempo offense until it fails my pocketbook. Until, until I, I've lost money on them, I'm betting on De'Aaron King. Uh, as much as I love Louisville, uh, he's the quarterback that's going to make defenders miss in space more than Cunningham. Uh, so, you know, for me, it's all Hurricanes this week. All right, you heard it from the man, Colin Wilson. He's uh, 1-0, and looking to go 2-0 and this weekend. Follow him on Twitter, underscore Colin and the number one. Check out all of his work on the Action Network. Colin, we appreciate you hopping on this week. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.
I don't know if you're like me, Ben. But sometimes when I Maybe. when I get one and oh on my lock of the week, ah. you know, it builds up my hunger. And if I want to get something good, mm. I gotta get a bill bar. Keep that energy up so I can go two and oh in my lock of the week. What do I do is I go to billbar.com. I use that promo code locked on and I gotta get that cheesecake. That cheesecake flavor is fantastic. Mm. It's one of the six new flavors that they have brought out. I'm not like you because, as you know, we differed greatly on our locked-on locks of the week last week. I thought Florida State would put it together. The offense would do just enough under James Blackman. The defensive front for FSU would do enough to hold off Georgia Tech. I was incorrect. So I don't know what it's like, but I'm going to revamp myself and build my energy back up by going to Bill Park. You like the lemon almond cheesecake? I do as well. But my favorite of this new one, especially as we get into that fall weather, the apple almond crisp. Oh, you've got to go with apple. Any chance that you get, you got to get that. But, you know, sometimes I like a classic. I'm talking about that mint mm. brownie. Oh, just that great flavor. I feel like I'm eating a thin mint, but I'm eating healthy, and that's why I love it. So that's why I go to BillBar.com. I use the promo code LOCKDOWN. I got $10 off that I can use to put on Ooh. my lock of the week this weekend. That's a tease right there. You have to stay tuned for the rest of the episode after we finish this ad read. But before we get to the end of the ad read, go to BuiltBar.com for $10 off when you use the promo code Locked On. Right, so we heard from our man, Colin. He gave us our lock of the week, but now we're going to go through some marquee matchups. And I'm kind of upset mm. because I wanted to talk North Carolina and Charlotte in this segment this week. We don't want to get that game. That game has been postponed. So we're looking at – here's one that I'm interested in. Let's Let's stick with – Pitt and Syracuse. Oh, wow. I appreciate that. And thank you for coming to me for that because you know that I cannot be upset right now because the Big Ten is back, baby. Again, the weekend of October 24th. October 23rd is a Friday night. It will be glorious, followed by a full slate on October 24th. But I'm not going to gush too much about the Big Ten because, as we know, I'm a Syracuse alum. They are my ACC team. As I've always said on this podcast and thought throughout my entire life, good teams win. Great teams cover. Syracuse did neither last week as a 23-and-a-half-point underdog against North Carolina. It was tight throughout the first half, but then UNC pulled away late in the third quarter and then blew the doors off in the fourth quarter. I think Syracuse, although they will not score a whole heck of a lot this weekend, Dino Babers has to get that offense going. The Orange, a 23-point underdog right now, I believe it is. I'm looking it up right now. 21-and-a-half pit is the favorite as of right now. But I still think Syracuse keeps it close enough and the defense does enough against Pitt to cover this week. They're going to lose, probably lose by two touchdowns, but they stay within that three-touchdown spread as we see it right now. Well, hopefully we're not seeing another 42 to nothing start to the game as Pitt had against Austin P last week. I, I'm, I think I'm with you. Uh, when you. When you talk about Syracuse and what they can do defensively, they got a safety, Andre Sisto, yep. who – and make plays on the back end. I think he has 13 turnovers created uh, in his career. He started off good. He picked off Sam Howell last week against North Carolina. I'm like you. I have them covering in that game, uh, that 23-point spread. I think like you, they keep it close enough. Obviously, I think we're both in agreement. Pitt wins this game by, you know, three scores, but I think it's 21 points. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Syracuse to cover this week. And like Colin mentioned, some good games in the ACC this week. He actually had my marquee matchup, 14th-ranked UCF taking on Georgia Tech in Georgia. 
UCF a seven and a half point favorite. The over under 63 there right now. I actually lean towards Georgia Tech because as we know, as we know, Patrick, rather, excuse me, I picked against the Yellow Jackets last week and it spurned me. And I think this season, based on how college football has gone in 2020, having experience, having played even a game, having those reps gives you a big time advantage. Of course, Georgia Tech 1-0 after upsetting Florida State last week. This is UCF season opener. So I like Georgia Tech as the underdog, plus 7.5. And, and give me a double dip here. I actually like the under of 63. I think the UCF offense, although was prolific and was last season, sixth in points per game in 2019, be a little bit of a slow start until they get the gears going this season. So I think the under of 63 is a really good bet there as well. I think the under 63, and I agree, I think Georgia Tech plus seven and a half in that game. I still think UCF wins, uh, so I don't think Georgia Tech is going to straight up again this week. Mm-hmm. But looking at that matchup, like you said, with Wiz, I think that it's a UCF game. I'm thinking in the in the ballpark, a 21-17 yep. game, yep. maybe a 28-24, you know, right. possibly. You know, I, I just – I agree. I don't think it's going to be a ton of points scored. If this game was played later in the season, I might buy it. But being that it is UCF's opener, I am going to go with you on that one, Georgia Tech. Some other great ACC games this week as well. Boston College gets their season underway visiting Duke. Boston College has Phil Jerkovich. He is the transfer from Notre Dame starting at quarterback. So we'll see how he fares in Boston College's season opener. Clemson's going to blow out the Citadel. And we have a big game, obviously, in the ACC. 17th ranked Miami. 18th ranked Louisville. Do you agree, Patrick, with Colin Wilson that the Canes will win this game even as the underdog at plus two and a half right now? You know, it's hard for me to bet against Derrick King. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, obviously with, with the offensive coordinator that they have, man, he has defense. I think he's going to put a lot of pressure on Louisville's quarterback uh, given the fact that they did have a slow start last week with Miami. I think this week it's going to be a little bit better. The big question is can they protect that quarterback is Derek King going to be wrong for his life? Uh, that offensive line has got to get shored up before they really get deep into ACC play. Right. But I do like the Canes in this game. Derek King and that Rhett Lashley new offense for the Canes ran for 337 yards on the ground last week against UAB. But they got a guy on the other side of the ball with Mikhail Cunningham for Scott Satterfield's team in the Louisville Cardinals that I think is going to do some good things as well. I would like Louisville this week at home because I think the front seven for the cards is going to have more success against a shaky Miami offensive line. So I actually disagree with our good friend Colin, and that kind of scares me because he's 1-0 in his locked-on locks. That was his locked-on lock for week number three. I'm a little bit scared that I disagree with him, but I think Louisville will cover as the favorite. I mean, minus 2.5, that's not really a huge spread. You're pretty much banking on the fact they will win that game and win it by more than a field goal. So I like the Cardinals, but I wouldn't really go against Colin Wilson as I'm even listening to myself right now. Do we even want to talk about Clemson Citadel? No, I mean, it's going to be a blowout. There's no line even for I mean, it. I mean, it's going to be – I mean, yeah, that's it. Yes, Clemson wins 59 nothing. That's it. Yep, that's it. Uh, one of my matchups I'm going to talk about before we get into our next segment, I want to touch on the group of five real quick. Please. What do you think of – what do you think about SMU at North Texas? I defer to you on this one. As the host of Locked On Longhorns and a Texas resident, I defer to you in this battle for Texas. I mean, you're looking at a team now. North Texas was very well coached last mm-hmm. year, and they did very well. But you're talking about the fighting Shane Shells in this game. 
Uh, now, Shane did not look too good. SMU did not look good at versus Texas State to start off their season, but I think they're going to be a lot better in this game. I think there's going to be that high-powered offense, obviously, with the run-and-shoot offense that they run at SMU. That's a game that you definitely got to watch. I'm going to take SMU in this game, even though they're at North Texas. 14-point favorite. The over-under total is a huge one, 68-and-a-half. That game, 6 p.m. Eastern on Saturday night on the CBS Sports Network. A group of five game that I love, Patrick, before we get to our final segment, segment number three, 23rd-ranked Appalachian State taking on Marshall. It's in the SEC on CBS Saturday afternoon slot right there at 3.30. App State, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Marshall is the trendy pick right now. I was reading some things on The Athletic for picks this week. People like Marshall. They came out and stomped on FCS opponent Eastern Kentucky 59-zip last week. They're riding the herd, the herd at home. They're going to have about 12K fans in the stands. But I told you last week that I thought Appalachian State would be a top 25 team within the next two weeks. They did it a week earlier than I thought, ranked number 23 now. I have faith in what App State is doing. I still like them in this game to win and to cover as the four-and-a-half-point favorite even on the road in West Virginia against Marshall. Yeah, I don't think you can go any other way. Um, I am with you 100% on this one. Uh, but coming up next, we're going to get into our final segment, and we give our locks of the week. We touched on a little bit in the first segment. We talked about the Big 12. We're going to go there again, obviously, because I am the expert in the Big 12 marketplace, you could say. Yes. All right, let's talk a little bit about Oklahoma State, Tulsa. This game was supposed to be played last week and got pushed back due to Tulsa's COVID-19 outbreak. We're talking about the, the big three weapons that, that the Oklahoma State football team has. we got Spencer Sanders, Tuba Huff, who's – recovered from his torn ACL from last season. That's that's a big trio in college football. And I know the line's 23 and a half. Mm-hmm. Can Tulsa play the role of the Sun Belt Fun Belt this week? Uh, they're not gonna win. No. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna go there. But can they play spoiler on the betting lines at 23 and a half point spread? I don't, I don't think so. I'm not buying it. If I'm being honest, I think the Cowboys, like you mentioned, just have too much, a three-headed monster. I think Spencer Sanders takes a big step this year. Chuba Hubbard is a Heisman candidate, really. And Tylen Wallace, like you mentioned, recovered and is a speed demon on the outside. And Tulsa had a tough offseason. They had to delay a lot of their practices because of COVID issues. This game was delayed because of COVID issues for the Golden Hurricanes. So, no, I think Oklahoma State wins big this week. I think they put up big numbers. The over-under total, 66 and a half. I'm not sure I really go the over there just because I'm not sure Tulsa puts up enough points, but I could see Oklahoma State putting up 35 and 42, you know, something in that ballpark. So I do like the three-headed monster of the Cowboys so far. Stillwater is going to be a fun team to watch this year. Right on the outside of that top 10, 11th ranked in the country right now, but I do think Oklahoma State wins big and they do cover against Tulsa in their season opener. I'll take them to cover and I will take the under. Ooh. Uh, I am not touching – that's 68. Was it 68? 66 uh, and a half 60, is what I saw in my last most recent one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not touching that. I thought, uh, we looked at the Baylor game. We talked about it, obviously, early on. Uh, we're not real sure. Uh, Dave Aranda coming over from LSU. What kind of offense are they going to run? Uh, we're not 100% sure there. Uh, but they do have Charlie Brewer at quarterback. Uh, I like the offense. I think having him there is going to help a lot. But my big question 
is what is Larry Fedora's defense going to look like? He was an analyst with the Texas Longhorns last year. How is that going to affect if they bring – is he have something similar to what he ran in North Carolina, something similar to what Tom Herman was doing at Texas? That's the big question. Uh, I look at Dana Holgerson. We know what he's all about. He's all about the air raid. Right. I am going to take Houston in this game straight up. I agree with that. As, take Houston. Yeah, sprinkle on the money line right there. I agree with that as well. Houston, a three-and-a-half-point underdog as we see it right now. The big thing for me, like Colin mentioned, is consistency. The fact that Houston returns the same coaching staff and the same quarterback from last year, and with this crazy offseason and everything that people have had to deal with, like Baylor had to deal with with their COVID issues, and having a new head coach, having a new offensive coordinator, trying to figure some things out there, I think the consistency favors the Houston Cougars. And like you mentioned, Dana Holgerson is going to get back to that air raid. A Houston team under Clayton Toon, who was their quarterback last year, that probably didn't put up as many prolific offensive numbers as we would have expected 46th in the country last year in scoring offense I think it gets better in 2020 I think Houston not only covers like you said they went outright so we sprinkle we sprinkle on that money line my man Patrick we are definitely sprinkling on that money line what is one of your key games that you are looking forward to this weekend well let's get right to it shall we let's get into our locked on locks of the week and I am 0-1 and Patrick Kahn is 1-0. We picked the same game. We went different ways. He liked Georgia Tech. I liked Florida State. I was the idiot. The Seminoles looked terrible. Boo-hoo me. It's not going well in, where is it, Tallahassee. I had to, you know, sometimes I get my Florida towns confused. Anyway, this week, I'm straying to the group of five. Until the Big Ten gets back on the gridiron, I will still be, and even so, a huge group of five guy this year. And last week, I was riding high with the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. They moved into the top 25, 19th in the country. They take on Georgia State this weekend. Louisiana is 17-point favorite. The over-under total, 58.5. There will be no letdown, Patrick Kahn. There will be no letdown after a huge upset win over Iowa State last week. The senior leadership between Levi Lewis, Elijah Mitchell, and Trey Regis in that backfield will continue to go on for the Raging Cajuns in a defense that was stout last week, really limiting Brock Purdy and anything he could do with the clones. I like it to continue this week. Louisiana wins yet again, and they cover even a hefty line of 17. My locked on lock, Louisiana Raging Cajuns. We're riding high, baby. A 17-point favorite. Yeah, book it. Take the points. Let's do it. Louisiana wins big this week. My lock of the week, I am going to the ACC. I got Duke covering six and a half. Ooh. I think Bryce has a much better game this week. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm going I'm going with the Dukies. I'm going with the, the fighting Cutcliffs this week in my locked-on lock of the week. Obviously, we did the lock of the week a little earlier in the segment than we normally would, but that's because I wanted to talk about one thing. Please. Big Ten Ben is back. Yeah, baby. baby. Big Ten is back. Obviously, we talked about October 24th. Uh, Looking at this, and I made the joke, everybody, and, you know, I, I got some people upset yesterday. I said not even COVID is going to stop Jim Harbaugh from taking that loss against Ohio State this year. A very funny thing, actually, about the first weekend of when the Big Ten is scheduled to come back to play. In the conference-only schedule that was released on August 5th, only six days before the initial postponement, that huge V game between Ohio State and Michigan was scheduled for Saturday, October 24th. We have yet to see a game-by-game -game schedule, of course, for the Big Ten Conference yet. I doubt they keep that as the season opener for Big Ten football. But listen, it is a historic day 
for college football when you have the Big Ten back on the field. And that's what we had Wednesday, September 16th, 2020, a day college football fans and Big Ten fans will remember forever. We hope to get back to a health and safety and this is what we will have this season. The protocols that are put in place with the daily antigen testing really look promising. It convinced a lot of the presidents and chancellors who were on the fence before. The medical experts were unanimous in their support of playing a Big Ten football season. So we hope we continue to have a healthy and safe season and we get to that point. Daily antigen testing will start pretty much as soon as possible, but no later than September 30th in the Big Ten Conference. Gives them about a month to enact those new policies, make sure things are working like a well-oiled machine before we get back to game competition on October 24th. And boy, oh boy, am I excited, Patrick Khan. All right. So in a special, we're doing a second Locked On Lock of the Week. Give me your Big Ten championship game matchup. It's going to be Ohio State, and it's going to be Wisconsin. I think the reason for that is Ohio State is just a cut above everybody. Now only having to play an eight-game regular season gives them even less chance in conference to have a slip-up. And I think Wisconsin and Minnesota will battle on the other side. But again, consistency and continuity. And that's what the Badgers come back and present. Their signal caller, Jack Cohn, back under center. They're going to restock that backfield with Nikia Watson. They will be fine up front as well. And they will make some plays on the defensive side of the ball that will allow the Badgers to be the Big Ten West champs. They will take on Ohio State. Ohio State will win that Big Ten title game on December 19th. And Ohio State will be one of the final four playing for the college football playoff national title come the end of December. You know, I really can't argue with that. I wanted to say Minnesota. Yeah, too much turnover. I, I want to say the, I want to say the fighting PJ Flex against Ryan Day's Ohio State Buckeyes, but I can't. Yeah. I gotta go with Wisconsin. I gotta go with Ohio State. Uh, you know, there's really there's really nothing there. But you know, I wanted to bring in a special locked on lock of the week with the big announcement of the Big Ten football being back, and we now have four of the Power Five conferences getting ready for college football who knows about the pac 12 we're not real sure they're starting to do it maybe i don't know but that's going to do it for this edition of the locked on college football podcast make sure you tune in on monday candace cooper is going to get you wrapped up on the weekend's games make sure that you listen to us for our locks of the week uh big 10 ben take it away my friend hey it's good to be talking college football with you my enthusiasm for the entire season has increased tenfold and i know candace with a tough weekend not being able to cover the North Carolina Tar Heels, that's going to be tough. But make sure you listen on Monday, and make sure you stay locked with the Locked On College Football Podcast, getting you set each and every week for your college football Saturday.